Hey, thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Man, worship was awesome today. It was great to be able to just sing with y'all in worship, hear you singing. Just like Justin said, I love Sundays too. Um, I am Pastor Tracy. I'm the outreach pastor here. I am not the lead pastor. He's down here and he looks much better than me. Y'all say, hey. All right, awesome, good stuff. But hey, um, last week in our Choose Wisely series, Pastor Bobby talked about handling conflict. He talked about when the stress level or when the tension level gets really high, he asked us to think through three questions. I'm just going to recap them, just throw them out there to recap because I want to kind of piggyback off of them a little bit this week with the idea. So um, number one, he asked us, would it be best to delay this discussion? Number two, he said, is there a way to say what I need to say gently and firmly. And number three, he said, what is our ultimate or what is my ultimate goal? And these questions are all questions that are awesome because they help us choose wisely when tensions get like really, really high. When we're in conflict, they help us think through how we're going to go about choosing wisely when we talk to these people or this person. Maybe it was a coworker, maybe it was a spouse, maybe it was your children, right? Um, but no matter what it is, it helps us think wisely about all these things. So if, if you're okay with it, I want to kind of continue this conversation conversation. And I want to think about our closest friends today. I want to think through a little bit more of the closest people around us more specifically. And I want to, I want us to, I want to ask you a few questions to get started. Is that all right? So look, you can answer out loud or you can just sit there. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just going to ask a few questions to get us thinking this morning. So number one, this is random, right? Who are your friends? Like if we don't know who they are, we're never going to be able to help them, right? So who are your friends? Just somebody name one, go. Some of y'all don't have friends. We're going to pray for, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Do you call, here's a, here's an interesting question because some people do. Do you call everybody your friend? Everybody I come in contact with, they're my friend. I got a thousand friends on Facebook, right? Or whatever. Do you call everybody your friend? Or here's another question. Do you separate friend from coworker? Do you separate friend from acquaintance? Do you separate friend from somebody you went to elementary, middle, or high school with? Do you separate friend from certain people, maybe somebody you go to church with? And here's the really probably the most important question to think through before we go any further is, who is in your closest circle of friends? Who's in your closest circle of friends? And honestly, I think we throw that word friend out a lot. I think we throw it around a whole lot, right? I think we do. I think we call people our friends that maybe when we define the closest friends around you, according to what the Bible says today, that maybe that will make us think a little bit deeper about it. Pastor Bobby mentioned a couple weeks ago the TV show theme song, Friends, right? And honestly, I don't even remember how it goes, and I've heard it a million times right now. And I'm going to get you to sing in a minute, but I'm not going to ask you to sing that right now. But when he mentioned that, as I was thinking about the talk that I was preparing, what I thought about was like, man, I bet you there are tons of songs out there about friends. I bet you there are tons of them. So I started Googling, right? That's what we do. I started Googling songs about friends and I found a ton of them. And I'm going to get you to help me with a few. Is that all right? Can we have a little fun today? Maybe you'll know some and maybe you won't. But once I get it going, I'm asking you to help me keep it going, at least for like 
three seconds. All right. Um, and y'all are going to want to help me quick because I am not a good singer. All right. So have any of you heard, uh, I just wanted to look at some songs in our culture, not Christian songs, but just in our culture that talk about friendship, because a lot of them talk about it, and they say, this is what it looks like to be a good friend. Here's, here's one of them. Have any, have any of you ever heard the song, Friends by Houdini? Just, just give me a show of hands, because I'm going to need help. Like three people are going to help me with this one. Ready? Friends, how many of us have them? Oh, I like this dude. Ones we can depend on. That's right. That's good stuff. All right, we're off to a great start. All right. The second one, how many of you know the song Count On Me by Bruno Mars? Count on me. You ready? You can count on me like one, two, three, and I'll be there. Ready, ready? And I know when I need it, I can count on you like four, three, two, and you'll be there. Why? Because that's what friends are supposed to do. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, I'm done with that. All right. All right, how about, how about if you don't know this one, I don't want you to leave, but I kind of want to ask you to leave, but I'm not going to, because that would be rude and we're in church, all right? How many of you know Bill Withers, lean on me when you're not strong, right? And I'll be your and I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean. Man, this is like a choir out here now. This is awesome, right? So, and y'all were waiting to get to that part, and I cut it off on purpose because I would lose all of y'all, right? All right. And then how many of y'all have ever seen Toy Story? Toy Story, ready? You got a friend in me. Oh, yeah. You got a friend in me, and I don't know how to sing the rest, but it says, when the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, just remember what your old pal said. You got a, that's good stuff, all right? And then I added one, first service, and it's not in the script, but I couldn't help it. All of vacation, this was on our TV. This show was on our TV, Golden Girls, right? All right, so y'all going to help me with that one? Somebody go, start it. Being a friend, traveling down the road back again. Your heart is true. You're a... That's good stuff, man. So out of all these songs, thank y'all for helping me with that. Give yourselves a hand, by the way. That was awesome. Y'all are awesome. I promise you it was better with y'all singing and not just me. But here's the thing. Those, those are awesome songs. When we think about friendship, they teach some really good stuff. It's, and all of these songs, if you go look at them, they're basically saying, I'll be there no matter what. No matter what you go through, no matter what choices you make in life. And we all need a friend like that, correct? At least one. We, it would be nice to have several. But in all of these songs that I was looking at, and it probably would make a song awkward and weird anyway if you added what I'm about to say. But I'm just being honest. In all, I, I looked up a ton more. And I never saw any songs out there in our culture that talk about calling people out, that talk about accountability. Now, maybe you can prove me wrong and you might get bored during this message and you can Google and prove me wrong and find some songs like that. That's okay with me. But honestly, I never really found a song that talked about, and when you go down the wrong road, I'm going to call you back. And I'm going to call you out because I love you too much to leave you that way, right? Like, I didn't see any. Now, maybe you'll find some, and they're probably out there, but I, I didn't see any. And so um, I haven't seen a lot of teaching either in the culture. There's a lot of Christian teaching, but I haven't seen a whole lot of teaching about accountability. Like, hey, 
when you're making unwise choices, I love you enough to come and talk to you specifically about it because we have a trust level that we can do that face to face. I haven't seen a lot of that in the culture about accountability, but I can tell you this, it's all throughout the book we've been looking at and studying. It's all throughout Proverbs. It talks about how to be the right kind of friend and, and how to help others be better people spiritually. And that's what I want to kind of hone in today on and talk about a little bit is this verse right here. And we'll, we'll share a couple more, but this verse right here is Proverbs 27, 17. And it's easy to remember. It says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And I want to encourage you to go through Proverbs if you really want to see what friendship looks like. And hot, like just grab a highlighter and read. And every time you see it talking about how to treat somebody, just highlight it. And come back and read only the highlights. I guarantee you, you'll see how God wants us to treat each other and how God wants others to treat us. I guarantee you that. So the first part of this verse, as it mentions, if we don't understand the first part, because it's like a simile. In the same way that iron sharpens iron, we've got to understand that part. Then we can come over here and say, here's how we should treat each other. Here's how we should sharpen each other when it comes to our spiritual lives every single day. So back in the day when this verse was written, obviously I didn't bring a knife sharpener because that's not what they had. Back in the day, they had like an anvil and they had like fire and they had hammers and they had pieces of metal, pieces of iron. And what they would do is it was a long process. You couldn't do this in five or 10 minutes. It took time, right? So it's not something that happens like really fast. And what they would do is they'd heat it up and they'd start forming it with a hammer. That sounds fun, right? Iron sharpening iron, right? And then they would start forming the, the blade and the edge. And here's, here's something else crazy about when we think about the process they had. Now, now, we are ahead of the game in technology. We have all this cool stuff to help us sharpen and make things and machinery. They didn't have all that. But, but even in their day with what they did have, they were literally on the cutting edge of technology. No pun intended. <laughs> I had to. I apologize. But the concept of ironing, sharpening iron, even when they had their pieces of iron, here's the crazy thing, and, and it's true in our lives as well spiritually, is they had pieces of iron, but it wasn't 100% pure iron. There would be other parts of metal, other types of metal mixed in between this iron, and so it had its strengths and it had its weaknesses. And so they would just keep heating and make it the best they could. And some of the swords and some of the things that they made in those days, some of them had really bad weaknesses because there were other pieces of metal other than iron mixed in between. And the truth is, none of us are completely pure, right? Like Alan said it not long ago, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Bobby mentioned it. He said, man, we're all jacked up right? Like we are all messed up. We all have weakness. We all have impurities. We all, man, I could, I won't do it, but I could sit up here and tell you stuff that I wish I could take back in my life. I could tell you when I messed up yesterday or the day before, man, I'm, I'm all like, we're all jacked up. And the truth is we can help sharpen each other. We can help get out some of those impurities and sharpen each other. And that's what I want to talk about today. Spiritually, God wants you and this is, this is Bible. That's why I can say it so confidently. And God wants me to serve in a community of believers who are making each other better along the way. Can I get an amen to that? 
Like he doesn't want us to become dull and just sit. And iron sharpening iron implies that there are two pieces sharpening each other, not just one. And the more we isolate ourselves and the more we stay apart as people and we don't approach each other face to face, the more dull we're going to become according to this verse. So I want to ask two questions. The first question that I ask you today is probably the easier question. The second question is going to be the hardest question. And right in the middle, I want to give you an example of the best possible way to approach how to live out this verse that I've seen in Scripture. Is that okay with everybody? And then we'll be done. All right. So the first question, the easier question is this, how do we help spiritually sharpen our friends? How do I help spiritually sharpen those that are closest to me? A spouse, a best friend, a sibling, no matter a child, no matter who it is, how can I spiritually sharpen my friends? And what we do is we want to look to the approach that Jesus took. Because the Bible says in John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father. And here's what it says. Can y'all help me read this last part? Full of what? Grace and truth. And I, I just want to point something out really fast before we go any further. When Jesus came, he said, I am the perfect example of what it looks like to be the best friend anybody could have. And if you want to have good friends, and if you want to have be a good friend in your life, then look to Jesus' example. It could have said anything right there. It could have said he came full of anything, but they chose, John chose under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to say that Jesus came full of grace and truth. They're married. You can't separate them. He didn't say grace on Monday and truth on Sunday. He didn't come saying all that. He didn't come saying um, grace or truth. Just choose whichever one in whatever day. No, he said Jesus came full of grace and truth. One without the other can go downhill really, really, really fast. And sometimes if we lean on one side or the other and we don't seek to balance these things, we're going to hurt our friends instead of help them. So I'm going to kind of break down grace and truth that if you lean one to one side or the other, maybe what it could look like. So I'm going to tell you all the truth. I am a grace friend, right? Like I'm a grace. I lean towards grace. He's sh- Pastor Bobby's shaking his head over here because he knows. I lean towards grace. Like I, I want to just love you and smile and make you laugh and all of the good fuzzy feel stuff, right? I, I want all of that. Like grace-sided friends tend to be very nice and very tolerant. They'll accept you as you are and they don't want to ruffle any feathers whatsoever, right? Like they're easy to sweep things under the rug until you start tripping over the rug, right? And now, oh, now we got a pile of stuff we got to deal with. They cut us a lot of slack. They don't make a lot of demands. Um, They're very go with the flow. They're easy to be around. But here's the thing. I got to learn to have more truth and to speak more truth in my life with the people closest to me. I've got to learn that because listen, if I don't, then grace without truth is meaningless. Did you hear that? It's true no matter which way you think about it. If, if I operate only in grace and I don't balance it with truth, it's just meaningless. It's almost like we're saying to our friends, just like the songs say, no matter where you go, no matter where you choose to, to do, whatever. Hey man, I affirm you. I affirm you. You're awesome. You're good. I love you no matter what. You know, and, and it's like sometimes we see our friends doing something as grace friends 
and we choose not to say anything and we're making them even more dull. We're allowing them to become dull when we see something in them. Grace and affirmation are not the same thing. I want to point that out just really briefly. If we affirm our friends and avoid the truth, we're making them more spiritually dull, not sharper. If we show a friend only grace and we overlook the flaws and the things that maybe could help them be better people, it becomes meaningless over time. We're basically saying, just go do whatever you want to do. I'm here. We know growing up as children that that, that just makes for a crazy adult, right? Like if my parents raised me and said, do whatever you want, we don't even care. I'm not, I wouldn't be where I am today in a lot of ways, to be honest with you. I wouldn't have morals. I wouldn't be wise in some ways. And I'm not saying I'm wise at all. But to sharpen our friends the way God calls us to, we can't sweep things under the rug and just show only grace. Because grace without truth accepts friends the way they are, but doesn't help them become who they should be. And that's just something to think about. What if you are the type of person that errs on the truth side? Some of you are like, I'm going to call you straight out. I dare you to do something wrong, like, right? Like truth without grace is just rude. Truth without grace is mean. Like truth without grace doesn't even allow for mistakes at all. True-sided friends, here, let me tell you a little bit about them, right? They're easy to admire because they set standards, like, they have convictions, they have principles, they're quick to call you out as soon as they say any, I mean, you chewing wrong, don't do it, right, whatever, but, but they're quick to call you out about anything, especially when it comes to morals, and it's easy for them to speak out about injustice, about oppression, about evil, but without grace, here's what happens, all of the truth-telling we do is just going to come across as if you're better than them, it's going to come across as if you're rude and mean. So it doesn't allow for mistakes. If a friend approaches you with just truth, you probably won't hear it very well, just to be honest, if they come across in that way. Truth without grace wins a lot of arguments, but it doesn't win people. Can I say that one more time? Truth without grace balanced with it may win a lot of arguments, but it's not going to win a whole lot of people. And which brings me to, to want to just kind of show you what I think of as the best passage in Scripture, in my only opinion, in my opinion only, um, that shows us the balance between these two and how Jesus actually lived it out. So um, Jesus was and still is the perfect balance of grace and of truth. John 8, starting in verse 3, and we're going to 3 through 5, 7, and 9 to 11. Here's what it says. The teachers of the law... And the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Y'all remember this story, right? They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They weren't even doing it for the right reason. They're just trying to get at Jesus. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. 
there's a lot here. We got the Pharisees in this story. We've got the woman and we've got the the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who came to show us what it looks like. So the Pharisees in the story, they're truth people. I mean, they're like bringing this woman who got caught in the very, and my first question is, where's the man? Like, I don't understand the cultural part of that, but why did they just bring her? Weren't they both involved? I don't get that. But long story short, they bring this woman and they're like, the law says, and the Pharisees knew the truth, man. They, they memorized the first five books of the Old Testament and they knew all the laws and all of the requirements. And they said, here she is. She was caught in adultery. And they start picking up stones and like, the law says to stone her. And they start rearing back. I mean, they're like getting ready to step, right? That was my paraphrase. It doesn't say it like that. <clears throat> but they want her to be punished. She ignored the truth. She didn't do right. Throw a stone at her. Jesus, what do you say? Truth people. Come across with no grace. All they want is to carry out the truth and act like they're better than other people. At least that's at the heart of it. This is an extreme case. And then Jesus looks at them and with a lot of wisdom and with a lot of truth and a lot of grace, here's what he says. Oh, this is my paraphrase again. Oh, you ain't jacked up? Chunk it. You ain't messed up? Chunk it. I wonder how many of us maybe have acted like in the past, like that in the past. Maybe we kind of have that spirit sometimes. I know I do at times. I try not to show it. I want to hide it a lot. Sometimes I just want to get on somebody because I'm angry. Act like I'm better, like I've never messed up. Alan said it, though. We're all jacked up. And Jesus looks at them and he says, oh, you ain't messed up? Chunk it. And it says they all from the oldest to the youngest start dropping it and just walking away. Jesus showed a lot of truth right there because he told them they were messed up too. But he also showed a lot of grace because he's Jesus and he could have struck them down right there if he wanted to because he's God, right? But he let them walk away. And I skipped a couple verses. It says he kneeled down like this and was writing something. Now, I, I can't prove this, and I don't have any clue if it's true or not. This is just my glorified imagination. I just wonder if he was writing their sins in the sand. Maybe he wasn't, and maybe he was, but I just got to leave that part out. But I just wonder if when he stood up, he started calling them out in a, in a, in a simple way, and they were like, oh, yeah, I am messed up too. Start walking off, right? Man. And then he comes to this woman. And he looks at her with compassion and with love. And can I, just, can I just throw this out? I mean, do you think this woman already didn't, like, didn't already know she'd messed up? I mean, think about what she was drugged through. She got caught, and the whole way there, they're probably yanking her around and pushing her into the front of Jesus. She already knows she messed up, and she probably, she thinks in her mind that she's probably about to lose her life and get stoned to death. She probably knew what the law said already. And she's there, and Jesus sends them away, and he looks at her, and Jesus had every, he's perfect, and he had every right to pick up a rock himself. He has no sin but he doesn't even think of it. He just looks at her and he says, hey, where are the people who condemned you? And she's like, they're not here. And he's like, I don't condemn you either. I love you. And then he told her, he showed her a lot of grace, but you know what else he did? He told her the truth. 
He looked at her and he said, hey, don't do this anymore. Go and leave your life of sin. Grace and truth. Jesus was and he still is the best example of grace and truth. When we come to our closest friends, as iron sharpens iron, we've got to begin to sharpen one another, but we've got to do it with a balance. We've got to be able to go to them knowing that we have every capability of messing up too. We have every capability of being in the same boat. And we've got to come and say, you know what, man? I know I'm messed up. But I see this and I just want to help you out. And if you see anything me, I'm willing for you to help me out. Which brings me to the next question. By the way, ironing, sharpening iron, or iron, not ironing. Iron, sharpening iron is not just a one-way street where we get to sharpen others without letting them do the same with us. We've got to ask ourselves the next question. Am I willing to allow friends to sharpen me spiritually? Am I willing to allow friends to sharpen me spiritually? And I want you to see three words in this next statement that we're going to put up on the screen. We have to be humble and willing to hear. That's all you need to know, really. We have to be humble and know that we mess up too. And we have to be willing to hear what they have to say to us, no matter what it is. And then we have to choose ahead of time. Like today, what if somebody comes to you as a result of this message and says, can we talk? You have to choose ahead of time that you're going to listen, that you're going to be humble. It's not going to happen sometimes right in the moment. We're going to get mad or we're going to get defensive. But we've got to choose that when they want to point anything out to us, a habit, an addiction, something that's impure, something that's off, something that will make us better. We have to realize that they have our best interest in mind. They're not trying to hurt us. They're only trying to help us. Here's, here's what um, an application commentary I read stated, and I love this, and I'm just going to read it word for word. It says, when sharpening takes place, sparks will fly, right? It ain't going to be fun. I'm going to finish reading it. It's part of genuine friendship. Don't respond with hostility or pride. Instead, just realize you're being sharpened. It's hard on you, but it's good for you. It's hard on you, but it's good for you. People sharpen each other over time. An iron sharpening iron was a process. People sharpening other people and helping them gain their spiritual edge is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. In fact, it can happen over time. We can make each other better if we'll commit to doing it Jesus' way with grace and truth. People are always up to something. Would you agree? In general, I'm always up to something. But I want you to notice that it says as iron sharpens iron, a person sharpens a person. It's meant to be face-to-face, not in a text, not in Google. It's meant to not be in a book. Now look, books sharpen me. Google helps me when I feel dumb, when I look up something real fast so I can tell somebody real quick because I was supposed to know that, right? Um, all of that is good, so I'm not saying anything, any of that is bad, but it says a person at the heart of it should sharpen another person. We should do that face-to-face with love, grace, and truth. A truly constructive friend is faithful over time to offer advice, instruction, and they don't give up the first time. There's this dude I read about in Reader's Digest named David. And David was married to his wife for 44 years. 
44 years they were married and she passes away. I can't imagine that, by the way. Some of you have experienced it. She passes away and he said, man, I didn't want to be social. I just wanted to be a hermit. So I just sat at my house. But he said, I had a friend named Tony that knew I needed something different. He wanted to help make me better. So he started calling me every week on Thursday. And he said, hey, we got a group of guys that go out to dinner every single Thursday. And I want you to go. And he said, he called me one week and I said, no. And he called me the next week and I said, no. And he called and called and called. And one week I picked up the phone and it was Tony. And he said, hey, you want to go to dinner with us tonight? And he said, man, if you'll quit asking me to go, I'll go. My gosh. He said, I went to dinner. And I've been going to dinner for six years straight with a group of guys we call Romeo, retired old men eating out. That's what I'm talking about. But you know what? What if Tony had stopped? And personally, what if my aunt had stopped asking me when I was 17 years old? And all she did was ask me to go to a conference. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. She called me up again. She was like, I want you to go to this conference. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. 17 years old. She knew I needed something more. Finally, she called one day. And just like David, I was like, man, I'll go. Okay. Stop bugging me. I go to this conference. And I give my life to Jesus. What if she'd given up? I might not be here today, not in this role. I just want to stop and say that everything we're talking about can really happen. But we've got to start putting it into practice. We've got to start living it out. And I'm speaking to myself probably more than I'm speaking to you guys. Is that we need each other to get better spiritually. I can do a devotion every single day, but some of you see things in me, some of my closest friends, my wife, my kids, the staff that I get to work with every day, all day. All day. Man, I want, and I'll say it out loud, guys, I welcome you to call me out because I need this in my life. I want to get better spiritually and not become dull over time. And the way that I ask you to do it is with grace and truth. And the way that I ask God to help me do it is with grace and truth. So a question, do you have irons in your life that are helping make you better spiritually? Is it your spouse? Is it one of your best friends? Is it your children? Is it a brother? Is it a sister? Is it somebody in your J group? Is there somebody that you could just maybe ask today because we all want to get better, that you could just simply ask, hey, if you see anything in my life, don't go digging too much, but if you see anything in my life where I could do better, would you just let me know and I'll receive it? Is there somebody you've been praying for that maybe you just need to pick up the phone and call and just encourage them? Or just have a word to say, hey, I just want to talk to you about this. Not because I think you're dumb and I'm better, but because I love you. Who are you sharpening and who's sharpening you? I want to pray for us today that that will actually happen. But before I pray, I want to encourage you also, maybe in your life today, maybe you don't have somebody like that. It's easy to go to people we already have, but maybe you can't think of anybody. I want to encourage you 
that group link in August is coming up. It's, a, it's just a night where you come and you can find a small group to get in community with other people and you can begin to get to know those people and over time begin to be sharpened and help sharpen them and y'all can become the best of friends. I believe it's possible. I want to encourage you to, to check that out and to be a part of that. But more than anything, whatever we do, however we confront, however we talk and whoever talks to us, let's aim to do it the way Jesus did it with grace and truth. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us. I thank you that you care about us a whole lot and that you show us the perfect example of grace and truth in your word. And I pray, Lord, today that that will begin to happen in our lives because the truth is we all need it. None of us have arrived. None of us have it all together. So Lord, sharpen us. And I pray that I will listen if someone comes to me and I pray, Lord, that I will be able to help others and that this can just be something that happens over time for your glory. So thank you for letting us have this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.